You're listening to the podcast of Antioch East Baptist Church in Magnolia, Arkansas. This is Pastor Ron Owen. We're so glad that you've joined us today. If you have any comments or inquiries, you can send those to us at aebc123 at me.com. week interceding prayer how the spirit of god let's read let's stand together and read our scripture verse 26 says likewise likewise the spirit also helps in our weaknesses for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought but the spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. I'm going to keep reading. We're not preaching verse 28, 29, 30, and 31, but I want to read them. Now we know. Did you hear that? Now, maybe so. No. Now we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. And whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. I love that verse, and I can't help it, I'm getting ahead of myself, but you said, brother, we're not glorified yet. Yeah, but when God saves you, it says it's might as well have already happened. Amen. That's what he's saying here. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us, uh, uh, also uh, delivered us up for us all. How shall he not with him freely uh, give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ and he goes on I got to stop there because I got to get to preaching hallelujah I'm going to go over a few things number one we talked about interceding prayer interceding prayer and what I did is I took our scripture verses as our sub points likewise Likewise, what does that mean? Well, in verse 22, he says that the creation groans waiting for the deliverance of the children of God. And in verse 23, number two, the groaning of the Christian, we groan in ourselves waiting for our complete redemption. But in this case, in these verses in, in 26 and 27, which is our text verses today, we see that the Spirit groans for us. We do not groan, but the Spirit groans for us. Why does He do that? Because our groanings and our prayers, uh, maybe we can't get the words out. Maybe we're so distraught we don't know how to pray. We don't know what we need. We don't know what we want sometimes. But the Spirit of God prays with us with groanings that we can utter. Isn't that good news? That is great news. Uh, the Spirit does this for us. That's why He's called the Helper. He helps our weaknesses, intercedes with groanings too deep for words. When we don't know what to say, when we can't find the words, when all we can do is cry, the Spirit of God communicates for us with an inner Trinitarian communication that we cannot utter. Isn't that good? 
Hallelujah. And then our second point is this, was this interceding proof. Now we have interceding prayer, which is the Spirit. But number two, interceding proof, and that is the work of the Son. And I told you all that I believe the He there in verse 27 is in reference to Jesus Christ because He also intercedes for us. But here's the difference. The Spirit of God intercedes with us to God in prayer, but the Son intercedes in propitiation. That is atonement. In other words, if the devil comes and accuses, if Baba comes and accuses, if someone comes before the throne of God in the court of heaven accusing us of sin, Jesus is there saying, my blood has covered their sin. He intercedes for us. Between our sin and God's judgment is the precious blood of Christ that washes us from all sin. He takes my sin and he casts us as far as the east is from the west. In the sea of God's forgetfulness, should I sing it? You ask me why I'm happy? Well, I'll just tell you why. Because my sins are gone. And when I meet the scoffers who ask me where they are, I'll say my sins are gone. They're underneath the blood of the cross of Calvary as far removed as darkness is from dawn in the sea of God's forgetfulness. That's good enough for me. Praise God, my sins are gone. Well, Jesus intercedes. And that's what we talked about. But then I left out because that took a long time. Even recapping it took a while. The last point is interceding purpose. We have interceding prayer of the Spirit. We have interceding propitiation uh, or, or uh, proof. In other words, Jesus proves to God that we're covered by his blood. He's our proof. And then the last thing is interceding purpose. Look at verse 27 with me. And it says, Now he who searches the hearts, I believe that to be Christ, knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of of God. See, a lot of people think that God is just an old mean ogre up in heaven, the old cranky grandpa or daddy up there, and, and that, uh, that Jesus uh, is the, uh, you know, that he does everything for us and that he appeases God and God really wants to judge us, but because of Christ. No, my friend, I want to tell you, God was the first one for us. If you can be, you know, he's God and Jesus is God. The Holy Spirit, we believe, is all divine. But God is the one who purposed to save and to keep us. It is God's purpose. And these verses aren't necessarily talking about salvation. They're talking about the keeping of our salvation. And my friend, if God's purpose is to keep you saved, guess what? You're going to stay saved. Amen? <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. But I get excited about what God has done for and in me. And that's what it says there. Look at it again. Verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helps our weaknesses. This is what he's doing for us now. He's praying for us. Verse 27. Now he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is. Because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. He wants Christ to cover you in his blood. He wants to make you his. That's his will. The Greek word for according, this action, that whole phrase, uh, according to his will, is, is one word and it means coming down from. Coming down from. In other words, there are orders from headquarters. Right? 
That's what it means. These things that the Spirit is doing, that Christ is doing, are part of God's purpose. They have come down from God the Father. It could be rendered coming down from God. Jesus Christ died, raised, and interceded for us because God ordered it so. The Spirit helps us, intercedes for us in prayer, and seals us until the day of redemption. Why? Because God the Father wanted it so. Say amen. Why does he say this? Why does he say this? Well, number one, uh, for, for our joy, for our security, for our assurance. But why does he say this? What does it mean? Well, it's the same thing. Look at verse 28. Oh, we love verse 28. Uh, and we ought to. But listen to verse 28. And we know. We don't have to guess. We don't have to wonder. We know that all things work together for good. All things. And we're going to get to this. I'm going to preach it. But all, what things? All things. What are all things? All things. My sin, even your sin, God uses for your good. Now, he didn't want your sin. He didn't make your sin. But he can take your sin and turn it into good. To those who love God... To those who are called according to his purpose. Now, I believe in the sovereignty of God in all things. I believe that all things happen because of the decrees of God. Even my security in Christ Jesus. Jesus Christ died and raised because God wanted it. So why? And the Spirit intercedes because that's what God wants him to do. The Father wants him to do. Why does he say this? It is the same thing in verse 28 when it says, according to his purpose. And my friend, that is all over the word of God. Now, A, in our outline, I don't think I have this up there either, but each person in the Godhead has specific now listen, has specific and unique workings. The Father purposes, plans, and predestines all things. Uh, we'll see that in the, in the next verses. The Son purchases, propitiates, atones, but I'm going with the P's here, you get it? Propitiates what God plans, purposes, and predestines, and the Spirit procures and preserves what God plans, purposes and predestinates now we want to talk a lot about what the spirit does for us and we don't mind talking all day about what jesus does but for some reason we want to ignore what god does and this preacher ain't going to do it and all these next few verses are all about the father's work necessarily for your salvation and your security and your glorification. Hallelujah. Taking you to heaven. Here's what the Bible says of God's work. Are you ready? Ephesians 1 and 4 says, Just as he chose us in him before the founder. Now this is talking about God the Father. And we see that in verse 3. There's no way to deny that. He chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him love. You see that? Number one is the salvation. He plans and purposes and chooses to save us. What for? To make us holy. To make us blameless. Which is, by the way, what you have to be to go to heaven. Now, how does he do that? Well, he's going to tell you that. He does it through Christ's sacrifice for you. And as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him in love, having predestined us to die. A lot of people get all upset about predestination. Uh, listen, everything has to be predestined if God is sovereign, doesn't it? I mean, that no big deal. 
Did you think you're a mistake being born? You're, you think you're a mistake? That's why abortion is murder. Life comes from God. Do you believe that any one of those kids are a mistake? No. They were predestined to be born from the foundation of the world. Everything was. Don't get all upset about predestination. Uh, where was I? Uh, just as he chose us him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless for him, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself. Now, here's our point. Listen, according to what? The good pleasure of his will. God chose us, predestined us, uh, saved us because of it was the good pleasure of his will. He wanted to. To the praise of the glory of what? His unmerited favor. Not praised of your wisdom and your smarts and praise me, aren't, wasn't I smart enough? No. In verse 9, he goes down and between there and there, he talks about the work of Jesus Christ. Redeeming us by his blood. But look at verse 9. Having made known to us the mystery of his will, which is part of, of what we get in Christ, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed what? In some foreseen faith? No. In himself. In himself. Verse 11. This is to me one of the greatest verses in all the Bible. It answers so many questions for me. In him also we have obtained an inheritance being predestined according to what? The purpose of him who works how many things? All things according to what? The counsel of his will. Amen. Let me tell you something. God wants to save you. <laughs> God wants, listen, God wishes every man would come to him. He does. He wishes every man would. But he saves his people. Romans 8, 20, uh, excuse me, Isaiah 14, 24. The Lord of hosts has sworn, saying, surely I have thought. Now listen, surely I have thought, so it shall come to pass. This ought to make you rejoice as a Christian. I remember preaching on this one time and things and, uh, of this sort one time and, and some folks didn't necessarily agree with me on all of the sovereignty of God and that's okay but, uh, but to my father-in-law, Christy's daddy who was a great man, great man of God and uh, we were talking about it afterwards at his house and he made one of the greatest statements to me that anybody's ever made to me. He said, preacher boy, that's what he called me. He said, I don't understand all that. I don't understand all about the sovereign God. He said, but I'll tell you one thing, studying these things, what it does, it makes me see how big my God is. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. These things ought to incite worship. Well, let me go on. Uh, purposed it shall, uh, it shall, let me see, I, it shall come to pass. And as I have purposed, Isaiah 14, 24 says, so it shall Stand. God is not in heaven rubbing his hands saying, oh, I hope this works out. God did not spin the top to see how long it would go, hoping it would go. My friend, God is a sovereign God who declared from ages past before this world was founded the things that would come to pass. He is a God in control. Therefore, all things we're together for good. I'm getting ahead of myself, but hallelujah. Romans 8, 28. Matter of fact, my very next verse. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are what? Called, what? how? According to his purpose.
purpose. Romans 9, 10, and not only this, but when Rebekah also had conceived by one man, even by our father Isaac, for the children not yet being born, not having done any good or evil. In other words, it wasn't by their works. That the purpose of God, the purpose of God, according to election, might stand not of works, but of him who calls. Him who calls. The Bible says there's only one person who will get praise and glory for your salvation, your security, and your glorification, and that is God. Any doctrine that takes away from the glory of God is heresy. Is heresy. Romans 11, 11 excuse me, uh, 2 Timothy 1.9, God, that's in verse 8. We know he's talking about God, God the Father, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, a separating, it could be sanctifying calling, not according to our works, but according to what? To his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus when? Before time began. <laughs> Listen, God's had in his mind to save you before the worlds were founded and to secure you and to glorify you in heaven. Woo! Romans eleven thirty six is, by the way, Romans eleven thirty six is not some poetic interlude between Romans chapter twelve and Romans chapter eleven. It is the words of God about Himself, and He means it. And He says, "For of Him and through Him and to Him are all things." To whom be glory forever. Amen. So if you think that you, having been saved, can ever go to hell, you're going to have to scratch that verse out. Because everything previous to it is telling us how that God works. Listen, we are his workmanship creating Christ Jesus unto good works. For this, this I know Paul said in Philippians, that he that has begun a good work in you will complete it. Amen. Will complete it. So if you die and go to hell, having placed faith in Christ, which will not happen, but let's say, for argument's sake, if you believe you can lose your salvation, if that happens, God is an L-I-A-R liar. Because he said he had finished the work. He started. And you know why he knows he can finish the work? Because he's once started the work. It never was your work. It's not your work. It is the blood of Christ that saved. It is the work of Christ. It is Christ's righteousness that is given to you by him dying on the cross for your sins. In a wonderful theological word, this is the sovereignty of God in all things. In our text and down through verse 39... We see a bouquet of the Trinity's work in, uh, in and for us. And this is good. First of all, we have the Spirit's work. All right? The Spirit. That's what that says up there, Spirit. Now, here's what these verses, and we're talking about down through verse 29. Uh, no, 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 no. Down through verses 30 and 31, I believe. But anyway, this is what the Bible says of the Trinity's work. Number one, in verse 26, he helps us in our weaknesses. Aren't you glad? Helps us in our weaknesses. Number two, he makes intercession for us in verse 26. He intercedes for us in prayer. 
When we don't know what to pray, he prays for us. He makes sure God knows. Now listen, God is God. I know this. But God is just telling us this so that we'll know, hey, I got you. I've got this. I, I hate that phrase. God's got this. I, it's just one of those phrases that bug me. But, but it's true. God's got this. God's got you. Verse 28 tells us, number three, all things work together for good. How does it? Through the Spirit's work. By the way, a lot of the Spirit's work is, is kind of inferred because he generates all of it. He generates all of it. Are y'all with me here? This is good stuff. Look at, look at verse 29. He conformed, we are conformed to the image of his son. Who does that? The spirit of God. It is the spirit of God that when we trust in Christ and believe in him, he regenerates us. The very moment we believe, he gives us new life. We are born of the spirit. <laughs> Woo, glory to God. Okay, number two, Jesus. I'm not a Pentecostal. I'm Baptist. Baptist born, Baptist bred. When I die, I'll be Baptist dead. But I, I believe like a Baptist, but I like to act like a Pentecostal, all right? I just think that's the way it ought to be. I get excited. I don't know. But here we go. God the Father. No, 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 excuse me, God the Son. I'm getting ahead of myself. He, Jesus, verse 27, he searches the hearts. Verse 27, he knows what the mind of the Spirit is. Verse 27, he makes intercession for the saints in propitiating atoning work. Verse 34, it is Christ who died for us. And verse 34, it is Christ who has risen for us. Verse 34, he makes intercession for us. Verse 35, he loves us. I'll do it. Amen. That's good, preacher. He loves us. He loves us. Jesus, wow. I don't know why. Now, I know why he might love some of y'all. You're pretty and you're nice. But me, I'm a dirty, rotten sinner. I don't know why Christ would love me. The love of Christ, verse 35. And then I think lastly, I may have gotten, we conquer through him who did love us. That's what Jesus does. Aren't you glad? And we could go on and on, but that's what's in these verses. But now, how about the work of the Father? How about the work of the Father? What does he do? Verse 28, to those who are called, he calls. He gives, and this is not just the general call of salvation. This is the effectual call to his people. And we'll prove that next week and next weeks to come. But this is a different call. It's a holy calling, the Bible says, a separating calling. It is a call to the saved. Now, some may feel different about how that comes, but that's fine. But this is a call that cannot be rejected, will not be rejected. Let's say that. These he also called. He says it again in verse 30. In verse 27, he wills. In verse 28, he purposes. He has planned and purposed, predestinated all things. I told you that. Matter of fact, the next one, he also predestined. It is God's plan that's going forth. He has predestined all things. And then... These he also glorified. It is God that will one day give us a, a body that's fully redeemed and glorify us in heaven and say to us, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy that your Father has prepared for you. Verse 31, If God is for us, who can be against us? God is for us. Therefore, who can be against us? Now, are you all thinking about that? Some of y'all running around scared to death of COVID. 
And I'm not, I'm not against taking precautions and things, but I am tired of people being scared, Christians being scared of COVID. I want to tell you something. According to God's word, you're not going to die one second before or one second after God's predestined plan for your life. The Bible says it is God who holds the keys of death, hell, and the grave. The Bible says it's appointed and a man wants to die. And after this, the judgment. I, and again, I'm not, I'm not against masks. I'm not against uh, 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 social distancing and things like that. But I want to tell you, I'm not going to be scared of it. I'm not going to be scared of it. Because once it's appointed, you can't forfeit the will of God. And especially when you hear things like this. And do you, how many of y'all believe the Bible? Say amen. Amen. When he says things like this, if God is for us, who can be against us? These he also glorified. He is for us. Verse 32, he who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. Listen, this is the love of God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. How can he promise you won't perish? Because he's the one that gave his son. He paid the price for you. He did not spare his own son. He gave his son for our salvation and our security. Number 32, how shall we not with him also freely give us all things? God is going to give us all things. We will inherit with Christ. Hallelujah. Uh, he elects. In verse 33, it says God's elect. And we'll be talking about that quite a bit coming up. You can't, you can't go around it when you get to Romans 9, 10, and 11. And we'll talk about that and what it means. But he does. It is God's eternal purposes. And we'll talk about it. He also justified God justifies us. In verse 30, he said he also justified. In verse 33, it is God who justifies. Now, I know our people know this, but for those of y'all that may have not been with us through all this series, the Bible says that when you call on the name of the Lord, when you come to Christ in faith, turning from your sin and turn to God, and you call on him to forgive all your sin, he does that, and then God in heaven declares you not guilty not on the basis of your good works not on the basis of anything you do but on the basis of the imputed righteousness of Jesus Christ now I want to be humble I want to be broken because I have a flesh and I sin all the time we all do you say brother on you're the preacher do you sin oh I yes I struggle with my flesh just like you do. There's nothing special about the preacher that keeps him from struggling about sin. I struggle just like you do with my sin. And we're all sinners. But I want to tell you, thank God, I'm not going to heaven because of my righteousness or my sins. I'm going to heaven. I, I, I was going to say, I want to be humble and broken because I'm a sinner. But on the other hand, I want to be not proud, but glory. And I want to glorify God. I want to rejoice. I want to shout. I want to dance because at the same time that I'm a sinner in the flesh, I am perfect in the spirit. Perfect. Just as Christ is perfect, my spirit is perfect. Jesus made it so. I didn't. Jesus did. I glorify him. 
And one day when he comes again, he'll give us a new glorified body that will never, ever sin again. Hallelujah. Okay. I'm almost finished here, but I know you don't want me to be. This has been good, hasn't it? The work of God in our particular text here, it is God that appointed Christ to die for us. Jesus came because God wanted it so. To be raised for us, to intercede for us by his cross and by his righteousness. It is God that appointed the Holy Spirit to regenerate us when we repent and believe and to seal us and to guarantee us for future glory and eternal sinless life. No wonder we see in verse 31 that God is for us. It's God that planned and made all this happen. In conclusion, I mean it. Now listen to me. Two things. Number one, don't you want a Savior like that? Yes. Don't you want a supernatural help in time of pain, sorrow, and sin? Don't you fear God? See, there's the problem. People don't fear God. And they change the Bible and they twist and they turn things so that they make a God actually idolatry in their own liking. They don't want to talk about the God of the Bible who is righteous and judges according to his standard, not mine, not yours, not ours. Don't you fear God? A God that does righteously and is holy, but in spite of that, he has purposed and planned and provided a way of escape from the guilt of your sin. Don't you want a God like that? I do. And the Bible says, now you listen to this, and we're going to be talking a lot about predestination, election, things like that. And I know not everybody agrees exactly with me, and I don't mean to agree, but here's the point. Now listen, whatever you believe, here is the truth. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. What I believe about election doesn't change that point. And you say, Brother Ron, I want everybody to call on the name of the Lord and shall be saved. And if they do, do you think they're going to go to heaven even if they may not be elect? Listen, even if someone who's not elect calls on the name of the Lord truly out of faith and repentance, guess what? They're going to heaven. Why? Because God said it. God said it. So don't worry about that. Today you say, can I be saved? Would God save someone like me? And for whatever reason you might question whether God will save you, the answer is yes, he will. If you will come to him by faith, turn from sin and self and turn to God. That's repentance. I turn from that and I turn to God and say, oh God, nothing in my hand I can bring. Simply to the cross I cling. And I believe in your blood work on Calvary and your resurrection only to save me. And the Bible said, whoever does that shall be saved. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Secondly, because I'm preached mainly to the Christian today, and I don't want to forget this. Now you listen, because this is the truth. Just how balanced and deep of a knowledge of your salvation do you have? I want to tell you, we've ignored a lot of things in this Bible because it scares us and there's some disagreement about it. And I hear a lot of people talk about in little words and stuff, and they want to talk about what it doesn't mean, but nobody ever wants to tell me what it does mean. They don't agree with me what I think it means, but they can't tell me what it does mean and why it's in the Bible so often and talked about. 
And my friend, here's the thing. You have to have a balance of the work of the Son, yes, of the work of the Spirit, yes, but also of the work of the Father. I'm going to tell you, there's going to be a lot of Baptist preachers to get to heaven. And I don't know how this is going to work out because God forgives us all of our sin, but God's going to say, why did you ignore my part in salvation? You didn't mind talking about the cross. You didn't mind talking about the resurrection. You didn't mind talking about redemption. You didn't mind, you didn't mind talking about guaranteeing by the Spirit. You didn't talk about assurance and conviction and all those things. But you ignored the work of the Father, the purposing, the planning, the predestining, the sovereignty of God the Father. I don't think God's amused. I don't think God is happy that we ignore Him. He is the Father. If I had given a test today, now you listen to me. If I had given a test today on the work of each person of the Trinity, how well would have you done? I did this one time. I don't know if I did it here or not, but I did it somewhere in the church. I was at somewhere. And I asked them, what's the work of the Spirit? Man, people popping off everywhere, popping off everywhere. I said, what's the work of Christ? Oh, he died for our sins. He rose again. On and on. I said, what's the work of the Father? Crickets. Crickets. Why? Because nobody likes to talk about it. And that's a shame. God loves to talk about it. He did it. And, and it's all over the Word of God. What has Jesus done to save and secure you? What has the Spirit done to save and secure you? But you also have to know and understand and rejoice and be glad about what God the Father has done to save and secure you for glory. Amen. And we'll get more into it as we get into listen. All things work together for good. How can that be? Because God is a big God. He can make it so. 